The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. So today I want to talk to you uh, a little different than normal. I, I want to truly encourage you. I don't want to speak to you simply as a pastor to church member. Coming off of last week, I want to instead talk to you as one who is called by God to you who are also called by God. And my hope is that today's message is able to seek deeply into your heart, into your soul, and that you feel the depth and the importance of what this calling truly is. I want you to feel the weight of this message that as a follower of Christ, you have been chosen. You have been called. You have been gifted. You have been appointed. As one called by God, set apart for a holy purpose. And today I hope that those words just really sink in. Our life that we live with God is not just an add-on. Religion isn't something just added on into the, to the, the, the part of our life that is political or social or religious. You and I were called by God. We were created by God. This life does not just have one component that is set aside for, for pursuing God and pursuing hobbies. And he's just one of many things that we pursue. We are the church. Church is not just one part of our life that, that we're called to participate in. The church is who we are. So what are we called to? We're called by God, not to go to church, but to be the church. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. We are called out of this world to be different in this world. I don't know about you, but especially during this climate, uh, things are complicated. And, and there are things that bring stress, the uncertainty. Are we going to have school or not? Are we going to have jobs or not? Uh, what is there going to be a vaccine or not? How long is this season going to last? And, and, and for many, it, it has a way of wearing us down and making us feel physically drained and emotionally exhausted and sometimes spiritually discouraged. We've looked at a couple of weeks ago how the enemy, our, uh, the devil, not, not other people in this world, but the devil wants to do everything he can, if he cannot destroy us, to discourage us. And my hope today is to bring you hope and encouragement. That, that, that you keep fighting the fight, keep running the race, keep running with endurance the course laid out before you. For this is to what you've been called. I've had people come up to me at times and ask me during times of struggle and suffering and trials like, Pastor John, how do you keep going? How do, how do you sustain the momentum? How do, you, how do you keep pressing on in the midst of trials and struggles and storms? And, and, and the truth is, is that there are times of discouragement and tiredness and fatigue and exhaustion and self-doubts and, 
and, and, and questioning, am I making the right choices? But the only way that I can answer, that I keep going and that I, that I keep pursuing and that I keep trying is because I'm called. I'm called to this. I'm called to run this race, no matter how long it is, no matter how steep the hills are, no, no matter how hard the winds and the waves get, I'm called. And you are as well. And so today I want to help provide some encouragement to all of us that we would understand that we are all called and that we have a God who doesn't just call us, but he gives us everything we need to fulfill the calling that he has placed in our lives. And we need to reclaim our calling. So let me just pray over us and pray that God's words that he's laid on my heart to share with you would, would, would be the Holy Spirit speaking to you, encouraging you, and giving you what you need to embrace and to pursue this calling with all that you are. Father God, I pray that you would come, that you would speak to us, that you would give me clarity of thought as I share the words that, that you've laid on my heart and that, that we, as your children, we would hear your voice, that we would be encouraged to keep running the race, to keep fighting the fight, to keep keeping the faith, and to not be discouraged by the winds and the waves of this uncertain time. So be with us now, Lord Jesus. Be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. So I know that many of you are worshiping at home. Some of you are worshiping uh, and listening along as you maybe drive uh, in your car. But whoever it is that you're being socially distanced from that's close to you or at least six feet away from you, I want you to turn to them right now and I want you to say, I'm called. Go ahead, do it. All right, now I want you to turn to the other person, your second choice in the room, and I want you to say, you're called. Go ahead, tell them, you're called. You, this is the truth. We learned last week that, that, that we are each called, that Paul said that I beg you to live a life worthy of the calling for God has called you. And there are some basic principles that, that I want to just lay down as, as, as the foundational pieces of today's message. There are three quick things that each and every single one of us is called to. And you, you know what's super spiritual about it? They all start with the letter S. So if you're a note taker, there are three things that I quickly want to throw at you that each and every one of us is called to. You know, some people ask, what am I called to? Most people think it, it's a job or a mission or something extravagant, some, some big pie-in-the-sky type of idea. But there are some basics that we have to understand. There may be some things, some, some unique, special things that, that are, God has set you apart for to accomplish. But there are things that are foundational for each of us to get uh, a grasp of first and foremost. And number one, the first one is God calls us to salvation. Before God calls you to a job or to ministry, he calls you to himself. But God created us. He is our spiritual father in heaven, and he created us. The Bible also tells us that he created us with, with, with hearts and minds and the ability to think and, 
and actually the ability to reject him. And sin entered our world when the first created beings turned their back on God and disobeyed him and decided they wanted to live life their own way. And so from that moment till now, we are all born apart from God with sin in our life. Nobody has to teach you how to be greedy. Nobody has to teach you how to say no. Nobody had to teach my brother and I how to fight. Uh, we took lessons so we could learn to spar a little better with one another. But nobody has to teach us how to sin, how to be disrespectful, disobedient, and to turn our heart on God. The Bible says that all of us have gone our own way. All of us have gone astray. And so the first thing we're called to is Jesus calling himself back to, calling us back to himself. God calls us to salvation. The Bible says that Jesus didn't come to call the righteous, but to call the sinners to repentance, to turn back to him. A doctor doesn't come for the healthy, but a doctor comes for the sick. And you and I were born with a sickness in our lives. And the first call is for us to come back to understand that God loves us. In spite of our sinfulness, he calls us back to himself. Number two, the second thing that God calls us to, after he says come, he then calls us to a big, a big biblical word, sanctification. What does that mean? A, a more modern word, transformation. He calls us to come to himself, and then he begins through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us, to set us apart for a holy purpose. He doesn't, he doesn't wait till you're ready and transformed because we can't get ready on our own. We can't, as much as we want to try, we cannot transform ourselves. It's his calling and wooing and us accepting the call that allows the transformational process of God in our lives. So we're called to be saved. We're called to salvation. We're called to be changed and set apart and transformed. That's sanctification. And the third thing we're called to, each and every one of us, is we're called to service. Salvation, sanctification, and service. The work of the church is not just set aside for a few trained, skilled professionals who have gone to cemeteries, I mean seminaries. The work of the church is for the people who are the church. Each of us is called, we're gifted, we're given certain talents, we're given certain abilities so that the entire body can be built up. If each of us does our part in service to the Lord and to one another, that is what we're called to. So we're called to understand that we need him in his salvation, that he wants to transform our work through the act of sanctification. He wants to transform our lives, our hearts, our minds, our way of thinking. And he has gifted each of us for acts of service, of loving God and loving others. And it isn't just spiritual work. It isn't just missionary work. It's in everything we do. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, in the soccer team you participate in, the, in the second grade class you teach, in the, in, in, in the backyards that you take care of in landscaping, in, in the gym where you work out, in whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God our Father through him. And so these are the very foundational callings that each of us are called to. And so some, some might say, well, I, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I don't know if I can accept this calling. I, I feel like I have to get my life right. There have been so many times where I have had friends who have said, John, I appreciate your friendship, but if I ever set foot in a church, I, I, I would have to duck because I'd probably get struck by lightning. God doesn't expect you to get your life right first before you come to him. Accept his call and allow his love to come into your life. But I don't know if I'm ready. And some of you who, who yeah, you've went ahead and you've accepted the call of salvation. You understand your need for him, but you're not sure that you're ready to serve. How do I know if I'm ready? How do I know if I know enough? If I, if I, if I sign up to teach a class or to work with youth, what if those hard questions come? What if I don't know the answers? I don't feel ready. And actually, I, I have a terrible temper. There are times when I'm driving on the highway and I lose my cool and I, I, I don't give the good sign to people. Or maybe you're on one side or the other, the extreme of the mask debate. Do we wear masks or not? I don't know if I'm ready to serve God because I can't even uh, keep my own uh, temper in place. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Paul's trying to remind us that it isn't about how good we are that ushers in God's calling. While we were sinners and enemies against God, he died for us. He came to show his love for us. He came to call us. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Many of us, we were unprepared nobodies when we felt God's call in our life. It's been said many times that God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. God has called you. He has spanned the distance of the universe, letting go of everything in heaven to come down to be with you, to make a way possible for you to be with him. He's called you. And it isn't based on who you are or what you've done. It's based on his love for you and what he wants to do in your life. God doesn't call the prepared, but he prepares the called. The process of salvation is that we first hear God's call in our life and we surrender to him, confessing that we need him and his salvation and his grace and his forgiveness, that we do nothing to earn. We simply receive it. And then the process of surrendering our lives to him daily, learning to die to ourselves daily, and, and learning to sacrifice for the love of God and the love of others, the process of sanctification and transformation unfolds in our life, making us not instantly overnight into some spiritual holy beings, but the lifelong process. Paul, 
who was called by God. Uh, I'll tell you about his story here in a minute, but called by God said in Romans that he still struggled with sin. He called himself the chief of all sinners. We do not become perfect, and yet God still calls us. And his sanctifying work continues to make us more like him. As we listen to the call of service and learn to love others, to love God, and to lead others to our God. To this you were called. To this each of us are called. And calling is not just something that is... Calling costs. Calling comes with a price. Jesus gave up his life to make it possible for us to be called. Number one, calling costs. There's a man named Paul in the Bible who wrote 13 books in the New Testament. Before he was called by God, he was persecuting people of God. Like literally seeing them stoned to death. Chasing Christians out of town. Hunting them down to put them in prison. And on the way to pursue and stop the growth of the church, God appeared to Saul. Uh, Jesus spoke from heaven. A light shone and blinded Paul, throwing him from his horse. Uh, there's a man named Ananias who God sent to speak to Paul. And, 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 and the message wasn't this. Hey, come on, Paul. Give your life to God and you'll be healed and, and, and you'll have a crazy uh, story that you can tell. You'll be a bestseller of, of books and all kinds of doors will be open to you and you'll become an overnight success and a massive influencer. You'll make six figures from the consulting you'll be able to do and, and you're going to be it. That isn't what Ananias said. That wasn't the, the wooing message of God to Paul. You know what? Paul was told when he was called in Acts chapter 9, 15 through 16. The Lord said in Ananias, go and tell this man, Paul, my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Did you catch that? God didn't say, hey Saul, if you leave that life of persecuting Christians, I will pour blessings into your life. You're going to have a mansion on the corner, the latest and greatest of chariots. I will bless you to the hilt. That's not what God said. God said, I'm going to use you. You are my chosen instrument. You're going to take the message of my love to the world, to the kings, to the people who are rejecting me. And I will show you how much you will suffer for me. God's call is not easy. God's call is not something that we can just 
bat an eye at. God's call has weight and a cost. It costs him his life. And Jesus said, as I suffered, you too will suffer. And you may be God's chosen instrument in your context, in the place where you eat often, in the place where you study, in the place where you shop, in the place where you work, in the place, in all the places where God sends you, you have been called, you have been set apart, you have been chosen. And it's going to come with the cost. God has called you to be his instrument in your family. God is calling you to be a light in their lives. In your Mother's Day Out program, maybe God has set you to be the missionary to reach those others, other mothers. In the gym at the nine o'clock hour, God has placed you to be his shining light. Wherever it is, your calling will come with a cost. Oftentimes, the moment we step into our calling, we have to be prepared to step out of our comfort. Sometimes going across the room is not the most comfortable thing. I'll be the first to admit that. But God does not call us to a life of comfort. God's calling will sometimes cost. You may feel like you're not ready, that you've got hurts and habits and hang-ups, but sometimes God's greatest calling will come from your deepest pain. Sometimes God's calling may come from your darkest hour. Who better for God to use than to someone who's been hurt, who has the scars that can show somebody else that you understand what it means to have been there and that your God helped you through it. Your calling will cost. And so I want you to understand that calling is not just a gift, but sometimes and often it's also a grind. Living out your call can be thrilling, but it also comes with burdens. Ministry and living for God can be exhilarating, but at the same time, it can be exhausting. If you're finding your calling is easy, then, then, then maybe you're not doing it right. God has called us to die to ourselves and to live for him. That even in our greatest areas of weakness, he will be strong. And the biggest enemy often of calling is comfort. What is God calling you to? My hope is that you would never sacrifice that calling on the altar of comfort. The next thing I want you to see is that calling sustains. Calling costs, but calling also sustains. And when we come to understand and grasp the idea that God has called us, it keeps us going, even in the midst of exhaustion, even in the midst of trials and hardship. When we know that God is with us, as he promised, I will be with you. Don't lose heart. In this world, you will suffer. 
but don't lose heart. I have overcome the world. When we take that to heart, that calling sustains us. How did Paul endure the hardships he went through? He did have to suffer. If you study the life of Paul, you will see that he was beaten many times for his faith. He was thrown in prison. He was whipped a number of times and left for dead. There were times when they took huge stones as he had witnessed other people being stoned. He was stoned, like thrown rocks at to the point of trying to kill him. He was shipwrecked and left for dead. He went through so much suffering. But you know why? He never quit. Paul didn't finish his race because he was competent. Paul finished his race because he was called. He said these words in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Forgetting what is behind. Not taking time to look back and man... The ways I've had to suffer, the things I've had to endure, it's just not worth it anymore. Paul said, forgetting all of that, forgetting the suffering, forgetting everything that I've had to endure, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize that God has called me towards heavenward in Christ Jesus. I kept the faith. I finished the race because I'm called to it. I want you to understand this, that God has called you to salvation. He loves you. He wants to extend to you his grace and forgiveness and salvation. He's here to forgive you. Don't let the enemy keep you with your head hung down in shame. Come to God today. Hear his voice calling to you. Come to him. For those of you that have come, don't give up. On, on thinking that you've started the race but you can't finish. God is here to continue the work that you can't do on your own. To transform you. To renew you. To give you the strength to keep pressing forward. To keep running the race. In spite of the cost. To encourage you. To build you up. And to keep you running. So that you can learn to embrace and love the life that is called and serving him. Yes, this has been a hard season been one of the hardest years for many. Most of us have never endured anything like it, having this COVID virus set in, the racial tensions coming to surface, the political tensions. Sometimes it feels like it would be easier just to to not have to run this race, to, to give in and do something different. There have been times when 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 ministry has been tough and, and, and little temptations of, is there something that would be easier? But you know why I don't quit? Because I'm called to this. In spite of the weight that comes with ministry, I know how much Christ endured for me. And I know what he's called me too. And he's called you. He's called us to, to, to keep pressing on, to keep running the race, to keep, keep pursuing him with, with all we've got. We can't stop. We won't quit because we're called to it. We can't give up. And my encouragement to you is that you wouldn't give up. 
that you would embrace the truth that God has called you to be a light shiner, a love sharer, a hope dealer, that God has set you apart for a purpose to love those who are struggling, to care for those who are hurting, to visit those who are sick and in prison. And one day when we stand before the throne of heaven, where Jesus will look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And we will say to him, when did we ever see you sick and take care of you or see you hurting and without and give you clothes and what you need and, and, and have you in prison and visit you? When did we ever do that? And, and Jesus says to them, whenever you did this for the least of these, you did it for me. Let us embrace the calling of salvation to come back to God, to allow the sanctification process in our life, the process of his love flowing in and transforming us as we throw off every sin that easily entangles and trips us up so that we can set forth towards the goal and run the race that God has called us to run and that we would ultimately give our lives in service, serving our families, serving our co-workers, serving our neighbors, serving at times some of us will be called to go across the world to become a missionary in Afghanistan or in Africa or maybe just across the street in your neighborhood. Is this going to be difficult? Are there times when the wind and the storm is going to rage? Yes, but let us not let the distractions of this world keep us from fulfilling our calling. Paul said, there are times when I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm never crushed. When I'm perplexed, but not in despair. When I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. When I'm struck down, but not destroyed. Paul was called by God. You are called by God. We have been called by God to be his vessels through which his love and mercy flows, to be his vessels through which his love is shared, to be his vessels through which his love is cared. We are here to bring hope to those in the midst of these uncertain times. And you may be sitting there saying, you don't understand, John. There's things in my life that I feel have disqualified me from, from doing the things you're encouraging me to do. You know what? There are times that we all make mistakes. But God's call is true. And it's still there for you. You didn't do anything to earn his love. You can't do anything to lose his love. You didn't earn anything to earn his calling. You can't do anything to lose his calling. Today is the day of salvation. Turn from the things that you're wrapped up in and turn back to him. During this corona season, you may have taken on and allowed some things to crept into your life. Today is the day to turn from those things and to turn back to him and to embrace the call that he is calling to in your life. Romans eleven twenty nine says, for God's gifts and his calls can never be withdrawn. 
Another version says his call is irrevocable. His call cannot be revoked. He has called you. He wants to carry you to what he has called you to do, to sustain you. His call cannot be recalled. His call cannot be repealed. His call cannot be annulled. His call cannot be withheld. His call cannot be withdrawn. Jesus is calling you. He wants to empower you. We are his church. We are his plan for the salvation of the world. You and I have received the ministry of reconciliation to go out into this world and to let other people know that God's love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his care knows no end. And it is available for all who will put their hope and faith and trust in him. You and I have been called to this ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. And so I want you to hear these words as I close right now. I want these words to pour over you through the power of the Holy Spirit. As you understand the calling that God has called into your life, you say no to the lies of the devil, the thoughts of doubt in your mind, and instead you accept and embrace the call that God has put in your life, knowing that there are many throughout the ages who have been praying for you. There are angels in heaven right now celebrating over the things that God is calling you to. Listen to these words. Listen to them. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. God will make you worthy. You don't have to get worthy on your own. Come to him just as you are. That our God will make you worthy of his calling. And that by his power, again, not your power, not my power, but by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. You cannot overcome the struggles on your own. The Holy Spirit is here to give you the power you need to overcome the things in your life, to become full of every desire for goodness and in your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. You have been called. You have been appointed. You have been set apart. Surrender your life to him. Surrender your life to his transforming work. Surrender your life to serving on mission for him. If you're ready to do that, call out to him right now in this moment as I pray for you. Father God, I pray right now for everyone hearing my voice that we would understand the depth of this calling in our life. That you're not calling us to something big in the future. You're calling us to obey you in the every step today. To live a life in honor of you, loving you and loving our neighbor as ourself. Accepting your call of salvation in our life. Right now I pray, Lord Jesus, for anyone who has never come to a place of their first call, 
of understanding that they need you. So if you are there listening to my voice and you've never accepted God's forgiveness in your life, do it right now. Accept his gift of forgiveness and salvation. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. And right now you can pray, Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Make me new. Begin your transforming work in my life and show me, teach me, help me, sustain me so that I can follow you. And God, I also pray right now for those who have given their heart for you. That they would not resist the deeper calling that they're feeling in your life because of the altar of comfort. But they would embrace the calling, the call to serve. We have set apart for a purpose. That purpose is to serve you, to serve others. Show us each our place of service. Help us, God. Because of what you've done for us. Because of how much you love us. Help us to give our life in service of you. I pray these words in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to learn more of how you can grow in this faith. How you can learn to serve. Reach out to us. We are here to partner with you. To be the light shiners the love bringers, the hope dealers that God has called us to be. I love you. I love that I'm called, you're called. Let us live this called life together in service of our God who gave everything to make this call possible. I love you. We'll see you soon.